Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. The topic for today's message, um, I've been thinking about it. I've been, uh, 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 you know, this is a message that uh, has been kind of like brewing in my heart for some time now, for at least a year now, almost a year now. Uh, and I was just waiting for the right time to share it. So I thought, but I felt, from the Holy Spirit that uh, He wants us to hear it this weekend. Uh, so if you're taking down notes, um, um, you know, uh, it's called Good Boy or Good Girl, bracket, parable of a dog. Okay? But for more spiritual and religious people, you can put down uh, Submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, okay? So just, yeah, no, if, if, that, if that helps to float your boat, okay? Um, but, uh, you know, some of you might or might not know this, uh, but last year, uh, yeah, it was last year, Pastor Cat lost a bet to me. And uh, as a result, we got a dog. And uh, some of you might or might not know this, uh, but uh, I have a, a about-to-be-one-year-old puppy uh, her name is Ballad, uh, like the slow song, Ballad. Uh, there's a fuller story to it, but I will not share it here. And uh, just for our information, uh, you know, XTV, can you flash up the, the first picture, the cutest picture, the one on the chair? And you can look at, oh, that, that's her, that's her. Okay, for those of you who have seen her, you'll be like, oh, that, that was her. Uh, and uh, this was her when, when she was uh, smaller, this was just in March this year, and uh, she's a cute little border collie cross with a hound or lurcher. And, uh, you know, been, as uh, I've had fun kind of like, you know, raising a dog and having a pet, um, I feel that God has also taught me a lot of things. And uh, the Bible came even more alive if you will allow that, uh, through my uh, responsibilities as a pet owner. Uh, and so today I thought it would be fun for us to learn a parable, uh, to learn uh, I know some truths, uh, not from the dog, but from the Word of God, but illustrated through uh, some dog stuff. Is that okay? Yeah? Alright? Uh, so, uh, can the, the, I got three things. Three things I learned uh, from being a dog owner. Three things that I want to impart to you today. Three things that I hope will bless you today. Point number one, all dogs are born with great potential. Okay? Anybody be thinking, oh, is it? I'm more of a cat person. It's okay. There'll be an auto call at the end of the service. We'll pray for you. Uh, no, no, I'm just joking. Um, you know, all dogs, I, I've come in my... Because the thing is, before we got her, we were researching on the type of dogs that we should have. And as I was researching, I realized that, wow, there's so many different types of dogs, but all of them, all of them, uh, you know, on the internet especially, and all the, you know, dog websites, all of them have strengths. Even the, the, the weird dogs. You know, let, me, let me ask you this, okay? Uh, if you know the answer, keep quiet, okay? But what, which type of dog do you think is the world's smartest dog? Which type of dog? Which type of dog? Come on, shout it out. You can make noise in church. It's okay to, to make some noise in church. Come on, help me to preach. Border Collie, uh, close. They are number two or number three. 
Um, smartest dog. Who wants to guess? The smartest dog breed in the world. Golden Retriever. No, Golden Retriever is number four. Uh, what's that? Poodle. Poodle. I know some of you are thinking, who? Poodle. The world's smartest breed is Poodle. Right there, you understand. Wow, every dog is born with great potential. Even the Poodle. That furry, curly hair thing that people shave to look weird. But they are the world's smartest dog. And for a lot of reasons, not only are they smart, they're easy to train, they're good with children, and that's why circuses use them to perform dog tricks most of the time. And not just that, their fur, even though it's curly, it does not shed hair. And it actually is antimicrobial, which means that people with dog allergies will not be allergic to poodles. Did you know that? Potential, friends! You know, and, and, and so much more, right? And now, of course, not just that. Uh, 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 my dog, uh, can maybe show, maybe XTV, the, the second picture. She's a bit grown up now, so you saw the puppy one. Uh, and uh, look at her, she's more grown up now. Still has a fascination for the chair. Uh, and... Um, now, she's half-border collie, okay? Now, can you tell me, I, I'll tell you why. Do you know why I eventually decided, oh, maybe we should go for like a border collie type, okay? I'll tell you why. And it links to my point, potential. Do you know the official terminology for sheepdogs? Do you know what they're officially called? There's a title to them. They're called pastoral breeds. And I thought like, hey, being a pastor, <laughs> I should get a pastoral dog. You know, so that when people come over for counselling, the dog can put the paw on to pray for the person as well. You know, anointing flows. You know, pastoral comes from the, uh, the Spanish and the Latin word for, for shepherd. And the, the main thing a shepherd does is to care. And so they are the type of dogs that farmers use to help care and to help herd. And, and so in this dog, and she's not even purebred, she's half of it, okay? But it's been said that because we got, we got like a little puppy booklet that tells us all we need to know about our type of breed. In her is the potential to stare down. So shepherd dogs, sheep dogs, German shepherd, you know, any type of, you know, sheep dogs, a highland shepherd, whatever. They have the potential to stare down 300 sheep. They're known for their intense look. Can you see the intense look in her face? Right, it's melting your hearts, right? You see, you're, 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 you're succumbing. So, at, so even if she's half of that, she has the potential to stare down 150. Right? And she's half hound. So hounds are fast, they're tracker animals. And they track either by scent, some hounds track by scent, some hounds track by eyes. And so our dog is an is a eye hound, she's a sight hound. So she is, uh, you know, fast, tracks by sight, and has the ability to stare down on 150 sheep. So the booklet actually says that when you have this puppy, you need to assert your dominance. And so the, when you teach them things, they might look at you and, and try to have your way. You need to look, stare them down. And you need to win the staring contests. And so they tell you, so if your dog can stare down 300, you must be ready to stare down, you know, 350. And so I was like, mm-hmm. Have dominated. Amen. But not just her. Think of like the silliest dog. What's, what's one of the silliest dog breeds you can think of? 
Huskies, husk, well, without saying, well, I won't say Huskies are silly, but, but Huskies, you, you know for them for their strength. They are able to, to pull and, and no dog sleds and all that. Let's talk about the pug. You know pug? You know pugs? Pugs are pretty, you know, ridiculous looking dogs. And you're thinking like, what was the point of a flat-nosed dog that goes all the time? Do you know pugs are actually named uh, short for pugilist? And a pugilist is an old, you know, Victorian way of speaking English, which means boxer. So a pug, even though it looks like a thing now, is actually bred because it, it's, it's, it's got a strong fighting spirit. It, 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 it knows how to protect the owner. I know you're thinking pug, but yeah, in them is the potential to do that. You know, uh, what about this breed? Okay, uh, next picture. This one. What do, you, what do you call it? I hear some people call it sausage dog. It's not called sausage dog. Even though it looks like, uh, no, this is, a, this is not a, all, all the dog from Toy Story. You know, some of you will go, oh yeah, slinky or something like that. Uh, this is called Dashen. Dashen, okay? Now, how many think that this is uh, quite a ridiculous looking dog, right? We see them in ads all the time in the, in the underground. Uh, how many of you have seen an actual sausage dog slash Dashen walk around? How many of you feel like they should be taken out of their misery because like, they are like, you know, their body is too long because humankind have bred them. Uh, now, whatever your, your thoughts and views or compassion or pity on the dog is, um, do you know that Dachshun uh, is a German breed? And Dachshun in German actually means badger dog. Badger dog. And it's not because the dog looks like a badger, but the dog was initially bred to fight badgers. Because it's long, and short, so it's able to go into badger holes and fight badgers and chase them out. Because badgers would dig and destroy the agriculture of the, of, of the farmers. And so the farmers say, we've got to fight against that, so let's breed a type of dog that can go toe-to-toe with the badger. No, well, I should have put a picture of the badger and put it next to this guy, but you can go back and Google it. But in this dog, you may look at it, oh, sausage dog. No, 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 it's not sausage dog. It's a badger dog. It's got a fighter in him or her. And so my point is this. If God created the heaven and the earth, and God created every beast, and God put so much potential into the beast, what more mankind? So I want to start today's message by speaking some life into church today. And I want to affirm you because you might be seated here and you're thinking, I'm just a student. No, you're not. In you, God has put potential. In you, God has put a future. In you, God has put a prayer warrior. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm just like a pug. No, no, no. You're a fighter. And in you, there's an intercessor hidden within you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, uh, uh, you know, well, border collie is very cute. Well, maybe within you, it's not the ability to stare down 300 sheep, but maybe within you is the ability to bring 300 people to Christ. Maybe within you is the ability to plant 150 cell groups. Maybe within you is the ability to church plant. Maybe you have a business within you. Maybe you have a testimony within you. Maybe you have a book within you. Church, am I preaching to the right crowd? Maybe you have, you know, salvation within you. Maybe you have a prophetic gifting within you. Maybe you have a healing gift within you. You have potential within you, church. 
And this is not just me trying to psych you up with some dog pictures. This is spelled out in the Word of God. Listen to Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. Psalm 139, 13, 16. We know this, but I want us to get this into our spirit. We're not just here. You're not just a Londoner. You're not just a foreigner. You're not just a minority. God has put the words of life within you. God has put the gospel within you. And God has put so much more within you. You're not just an architect. You're not just a fashion designer. You're not just a lawyer. You're not just a banker. You are so much more because God doesn't make mistakes. Psalm 139 says, For you, who? God. God formed my inner parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. A lot of us, we stop there and we use that to declare it, you know, every women's conference. Ladies, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yay! I'm fierce, but there's so much more power than that. You know, marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. So the next time, don't let some magazine tell you how you should feel. Don't let some guy tell you how you should feel because your soul knows very well that it is not society that defines you, it is God that defines you. Can I hear a good amen? And then it says this, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. So thank God for your frame. Whether you're made big, chunky, skinny, thank God for your frame. Don't hate your frame. Don't go like, oh, I wish I was skinnier. Oh, I wish my hips were smaller. God made your frame. It was not hidden. When I was made in secret and skillfully, wow, praise God, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. See, the world likes to reduce, you know, a pregnancy. It's always woman's right to abort, whatnot, but you know, it's just a bunch of cells. But no, no, even if it is, even if it's just egg and, 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 and the sperm just meeting, even if it's just, you know, just, just conception just happening. God saw that substance being yet unformed and yet in your book, they are all written. God saw the moment you, your, 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 the, the, your product from your mom and product from your dad merged together and even though science says there's just a bunch of cells in the Word of God, He's written it down. Not just written down your name, but it's written down every potential. It's all of them were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Which is that even before you took your first breath, God started writing your future. God started writing your testimony. God started writing your breakthrough. Church, how powerful is the Word of God? Amen? So the next time when you walk in the park, when you see a dog, don't just go like, oh, what a strange-looking dog. Even a strange-looking dog has potential. And what more you? And your potential there is not, it's not put there by men, it's put there by God. You know, science actually teaches us this, that uh, uh, when, uh, uh, especially girls, when girls are born, uh, they are born within them uh, with all the eggs that they will ever ovulate. I don't know the right term, but you know, I don't want to... But, but basically, on average, uh, 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 a baby girl carries, on average, uh, millions of eggs. You know, seven million, some people say. Uh, but all that was already completed the moment you were a fetus in your mother's womb. And science just goes like, wow, what, what, a, what, a, what a, you know, marvellous trivia. But then the Word of God says that this is God planting everything within you. The amount of children you will have and not have, God knows, even before you were born, even before you 
came out even before you met your husband, what more your future? If God, you know, and this, this, I pray that this is not just the girls taking it in. Yes, pastor, preach it, preach it, you know. But, but come on, guys. God has put purpose in you. Amen? So the first thing you got to understand, what can we learn from having a dog? Because I learned that, I'm like, wow, every dog, even the sausage dog, even the pug, even the chihuahua. I know you're thinking, like, what's the worst breed in the world? Toy poodle, chihuahua. Chihuahuas are known to be fiercely loyal. That's why they make so much noise. But loyalty. And they're great with children. So you see, every, everything. Amen? So the next time, come on. I don't know what you're going through, friends. I don't know whether life is throwing you a curveball and you're thinking that, ah, oh, I'm just fill in the blank. I'm just a student. No, you're not. I'm just, you know, uh, here for a while. Yes, you are. But also, no, you're not. God has determined. When you, you're still substance forming in your mother's womb, God has written all the days of your life. How many days in London? How many days in UK? How, what, and what you will do with those days. Amen? Point number two is this. Are you enjoying it so far? Learning some dog trivia and, and, and Word of God as well? As amazing as the potential every dog has, every dog needs a master. Some, when we got our dog, we were told uh, by the lady who, who uh, you know, uh, kind of like sold to us because she had her, her dog was a pure border collie, you know. Bluebells is her name. Very beautiful, friendly dog. Uh, and, uh, and the owner was so proud to say that, oh yeah, border collies are really intelligent. You know, poodles are number one, but border collies are number two, number three. I go like, mm-hmm, amen, sister. And they said, do you know a border collie can memorize and understand, if you will train it, up to 150 words. 150 human words. I'm thinking to myself, my puppy's half, so at least she knows 75 words. <laughs> I'm thinking, mm, I'll bet if I can teach her 75 words. You know, some people I meet don't even have, okay, okay, I won't go down. Oh, you know, hi, welcome to church, how are you? Hi, pastor. <laughs> okay, you, you had a good week? Yeah. Every week you're saying the same thing. How's your week? It's okay. How's your week? It's okay. Are you coming to church? Maybe. I'm like, my dog knows more words than you. Anyway, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But you see, a dog can have amazing potential but until it's submitted to a master, until it enters into a relationship with a master, that potential is untapped. You see, as much as I talk about potential, our potential many times is sabotaged, not by a lack of opportunity, but it's sabotaged by our own insecurities. Can I be honest with you? Um, I have a dream, and I'm saying this, I'm also hoping that I will overcome and a breakthrough one day. I have a dream of writing books. Can I be honest with you? I have a dream. I, 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 I have a dream of writing books. Uh, uh, um, and I feel sometimes that it's not just messages within me, but there are, there are books within me that, that I want to write, I want to produce that can help people 
uh, grow closer in their walk with God. But do you know what's stopping me? It's not my ability to type. It's not my lack of time. Because if I want, I can rearrange things. It's my insecurity that paralyzes me. That makes me go like, I don't even know how to start and I don't, maybe I shouldn't and maybe I'll just leave it for another day and then another day and then another day. Our procrastination gets the better of us. Our fear gets the better of us. A lot of us, we have potential but we need to enter into a relationship with the Master. You see, a, word, a, a dog, even if the world's smartest dog, let's say Poodle, can even learn, I don't know, 300 words. But if that dog does not have a master, it will learn zero words. Do you, does it make sense? That, that ability, that potential will just be dormant. A poodle can, can jump over hoops of fire and do all sorts of circus tricks. But if it does not have a master to teach it, it will achieve none of it. A dog without a master is just astray in need of rescue. And what we need to understand is this. While yes, God has blessed us with amazing potential, we need Jesus to redeem that potential within us. Let's turn to the second scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 32 to 36. Acts 2, 32, 36. And uh, I have the New Living Translation uh, bumped up to make easier reading. But this is the point I want us to know. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now He is exalted to the place of the highest honour in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as He had promised, gave Him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Praise God. Just as you see and hear today. Praise God. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honour at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. If some of us were really honest, a lot of our giftings would not be unleashed if we did not meet the Messiah. You know, we have a great hospitality team. But I wonder if they did not meet the Messiah, would, would those baked goods come out? But more than baked goods, would that attitude come out? Where they say that, God, I pray, I can't wait for my newcomers, for the new people, for our unsaved loved ones to taste this. To taste the love of everything that we bake. Some of us are brilliant musicians today, but I wonder if not for church, would those gifts come out? And some of the most brilliant musicians in church today only know how to play the instruments they play because of God and church. And so what we need to understand is this. If a dog needs a master, so do we. Sinners need a redeemer. And so this is building upon point number one because I don't want you to just walk away going like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, should, I should, you know, start thinking better about myself. Oh, only half truth. Start thinking better of yourself, but surrender to the Master and allow Him to perfect that gift. Allow Him to elevate that gift. 
Because that potential is dormant until you enter into a relationship with the master. So coming back to my example, so what, what happens? A lot of us, maybe, you know, as I said that earlier, you were nodding because you understand what it means to be paralyzed by fear. How many of you have had 5,000 word essays and then you're there hitting your face on your laptop because you don't know how to start? So what do you do? you got potential within you. The 5,000 words and then so much more are within you. How do you get it out? By letting Jesus in. And letting Jesus in is not just a, oh, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's a constant process. You see, the first time you allowed Jesus in, you allowed Him into your spirit and saved your soul. But then as you grow older, you become a more complex being. And then we got to keep inviting Jesus in. Otherwise, it's like your life is a house and Jesus is only hanging out in the living room. What about the bedroom? What about the kitchen? What about the garage? What about your marriage? What about your finances? Are you allowing God to go in and redeem and to bring out gift things from there? Bring out potential from there? I pray that we would. Amen? I pray that we would understand that, wow, what a joy it is to have Jesus in our lives. And every time, so this is the remedy, every time, friends, you feel stricken by fear, don't just go like, oh, I'm not sure, don't just procrastinate, go like, Jesus, would you come in into this situation right now? Would you come into this fear right now? All the research students I'm preaching to you, the next time your research feels like it's stuck, don't just bang your head, don't just complain to your lecturer, begin to say, Jesus, would you come into this situation right now? God, you placed me in this university, so I've got the potential, but right now that potential is stuck. I need you to unleash it. Would you be master over this situation? Amen? The next time you're faced with a financial situation, don't panic. Don't look to the stock market for solution. Don't look to cryptocurrency for solution. Don't look to you know, whatever you know, tips. They're all scams for solution. Allow God, would you be master over this? Would you be master over my bank account? Amen? Would you be master over my time, Lord? Would you be master over this situation? Would we say that? Amen? And so just like how every dog needs a master, so do we. Last point is this. Or maybe before I give you the last point, let me ask you this question. We're talking a lot about dog breeds today. What do you think is the best dog in the world? Anyway, come on. Don't be afraid. French Bulldog, okay, okay. Personal preference, okay, yeah. Uh, anyone, anyone? Your dog, oh, that's very sweet, very sweet. Oh, oh. Uh, any, anyone? What, what, what? What type of dog is the best dog in the world? What do you think? Come on, don't be shy. What, okay, what, if, you had a, if you could have a dog, what kind of dog would you want? Because oh, that would be your best, I'm sure. What's that? Golden Retriever. Yeah, Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever. Any, any Jack Russell Terrier lovers here? Jack Russell? No? No? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chow Chows? Any Chow Chows? No? no? Oh, oh, yeah, some Chow Chows. Oh, well, I mean... Yeah, yeah, just because Toby's surname is Chow, don't call him Chow Chow, okay? <laughs> Toby Chow Chow, all right. Um, anyone, any, any other type of dogs? Uh, what, what's that French, man? That's Bozoin? Oh, oh, it's like a very long hair dog, a Bozoin. <laughs> it's like, sounds, I sound bougie just saying it, I'm a Bozoin. 
Uh, any, anyone? Any other? Just one more. Maybe one more dog breed. Any? Uh? Corgi. Oh, like the queen. Oh, okay. Can, can I give you the answer that I believe all of us will agree on? The best type of dog in the world is an obedient dog. Oh, <laughs> you'd be like, well played, pastor, well played. The best, which is point number three, the best dog is an obedient dog. So you're born with potential. The Bible said so. God made it so. And you enter into relationship with the master and that potential is elevated. That potential is brought out even more. The more you surrender, the more it comes out. The more you surrender, the more it's developed. But do you know at the end of the day, God's looking for obedience. And in the scripture that we just read, let us not forget, God raised Jesus Christ and He is now not just Messiah, but He is Lord and Messiah. And sometimes we forget. We go like, oh Jesus, you're, you're Messiah. Oh, I love you. I love you. And it's, it's, don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's good to just fall to our knees and, and worship about the goodness of God. And it's nothing wrong to focus on the cross. The cross is perfect. But if I can be honest, uh, Christianity in the modern world today, unfortunately, sometimes has this fixation with the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the, the grace of God, the mercy of God. And don't get me wrong, it's all good. God is Messiah. But then we walk away from Sunday and then from Monday to Friday, we live our own lives only to have that shame and that sin eat us up. And then we come back to church on Sunday again and then we fall to our knees and go like, God, I need your mercy, I need your grace. And then we go back to Monday to Friday living our own lives, trying to get the devil out when the devil has come in and then you go in in the circle again and again and again when we forget that he's not just Messiah he's not just forgiver of sins he is also Lord in fact he is both but how does the Bible portray him Lord and Messiah and so I want us to also break this unhealthy cycle how many of us have been there before you know what I'm saying you want change but you don't want obedience. But obedience produces change. Do you know, <laughs> this, this sounds bad on me, but okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just human. Um, like I said, when we got our dog, the mom was just purebred, beautiful, long hair, you know, such a good girl. And can I be honest? Because when you're a puppy, you know, you, you don't really much have a personality except being cute. And so both me and Pastor Cat were going like, oh yeah, let's, let's get this dog. Why? Look at the mom. Oh, the mom. Look at the mom. The mom is so good. The mom is so beautiful. The mom. And long story short, um, as our dog grew up, she looked more like the dad. <laughs> if I can be honest. And I did some research, and do you know this? And maybe this is a bonus point. Uh, when dogs cross, they tend to take after the, the look and the features of the father. I didn't know this. We should have researched this before we got the dog. <laughs> but maybe this is an encouragement because, do you, do you understand? It means that the father's genes are more dominant. Can I declare that over you? 
the heavenly father's genes, the heavenly father's DNA is dominant in your life. Would you unleash it? Amen. But that's, but that's not the point. And so as she grew up, she started, you know, having ears that are pretty long and I realized it's like Google pictures of Lurcher and how and I go like, oh my, this is, this is, yeah, yeah, you are definitely more hound looking at least. But personality, definitely border collie. Very friendly, over friendly sometimes. <laughs> and uh, her, her ears are long and uh, we have a nickname. She's, she's got like elf-like ears. So go like, you know, sometimes we'll be like, oh, you're a little elf. Uh, I said this about, <laughs> and this sounds very Asian parent, but I said this, Ballard, you know, to be honest, because I like to do this with my dog, okay, because she doesn't understand all of this English. I go like, Ballard, to be honest, you're not that cute. <laughs> so to make it out in the world, you got to be really clever and intelligent. <laughs> As I said that, you know, Pastor Cat go like, if we ever have a daughter, don't you ever say that about her. I'll be like, oh... <laughs> We will, we will cross the bridge when we come to it. But I said, you know what, Ballard? But then no matter how you look, as long as you are obedient, that's the most important thing. In other words, as Christians, what is God looking at at the end of the day? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not well done, my prodigal son. Not well done, my believer who takes my grace for granted. Not well done, my, you know, a person who always kneels in front of the altar and cries, buckets of tears. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Do you know what makes me the proudest of my dog? You know, it, it, to be honest, I, I, I mean, it, it took me a while to kind of like, you know, really get into her. Um, but one time, Cat noticed because we were out in the park. Uh, and uh, at Hampstead Heath. And uh, I've been introducing her uh, to, the first time I brought her to a lake, and all the other dogs were jumping in. She refused to jump in. I was there going like, Ballard, why, why can't you be like other dogs? Okay, sorry, I'm only human, okay? So I'm just like, come on. And so I slowly introduced her. So I, and she didn't like the water. But I've read up about her potential. Border Collies do swim. So, so do, you, do you see how, what happens? Sometimes God wants to push us forward and then He knows the potential within us, but we're there going like, I don't like water. And so you know what the master does? The master takes the, the puppy and then I put it in what nobody was looking because I don't want to be complained for animal cruelty. And so I took the puppy and I threw her in to the shallow end, shallow end. Okay? Shallow end. And so she was, of course, panicking. The moment she touched water, she was like, ah, I need to get out. But then she, as she got out, she realized, wait a second. Oh, that's really shallow. And I picked her up and I threw her in again. And she's like, ah, ah, And then she got back out. But she soon realized that, oh, there's water, but I can touch the ground. So I, uh, there's water, but I can touch the ground. So, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. So soon she started jumping into the shallow end, but only at the shallow end. And so I started taking a stick and throwing it a bit further. She caught it. And it was a few times I threw a bit too far and she stood at the shallow end not wanting to go out. And, and another dog had to, who could swim had to bring it back for her. And I, and I had no typical Asian dad said, look, look, can't you be like something? You know, anyway. <laughs> but in the end, when she finally got it, when she finally 
learned not just to trust the master, but to obey the master. And I threw it, and she jumped out, and she swam out, and she caught it, and she swam back. I was smiling ear to ear, and Pastor Cat was going like, Ah, I've never seen you so happy. And my, and, and my response to her was, because she's obedient. Do you know how much joy it brings to our Father in heaven when you're obedient? The small things, the big things. When you're, God's looking for obedience. Not for the big horror, but obedience. And, you know, what, and, and out of that obedience, man, I love it when I ask my daughter. Now recently, can I share the latest trick I've been teaching her? I've been teaching her to stay and to come. So I taught her, sit, stay, and I walk away to the other side, and I ask her to come. And then when she comes, I'll be like, oh, you're such a smart dog! What was it? Obedience. It was the obedience. And I pray that as Christians, we would not despise the word obedience. But if obedience is a hard word, I want you to know that you are not alone. And again, jumping on from point number two, you can even ask the Master, ask the Messiah to come into the area and go like, God, would you help me to work in this area of my life called obedience? I've got no problems with attendance, but I've got issues with obedience. Ouch. A lot of us, we have no problem attending church, attending conferences, attending camps. But there's no power in attending. There's, a pow there's power in obedience. And Jesus knows this. In Hebrews, can we go some scripture? Amen? I'm just going to try to make up for some scripture. Otherwise, you'll be thinking, what do you learn today? We learn about dogs. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Hebrews 5, verse 8. This is talking about Jesus. Though He was a son, yet He learned powerful obedience by the things which He suffered. This is building on the fact that we have a high priest that can relate to us. So think about it. When I read this scripture in preparation for this message, it just came alive. I'm like, wow, I never, I never saw Jesus that way again. Jesus humbled himself and he had to learn obedience. Oh, wow, such, wow, such a mind-blowing Jesus. You had to learn? Obedience. Submission. Obedience to God. And not to say that Jesus was rebellious, but we know that Jesus... And last week we talked about the final moments of Jesus praying in the garden. When he prayed in the end, he also prayed, God, I know, not, but you know, I know it's going to be tough, but not my will, but yours be done. He had to learn it. Through tears, through blood, through sweat, he had to learn obedience. So this, I pray, will be encouragement. Because I know when we talk about obedience, heads tend to look down, oh, that's a weak area in my life. But guess what? Jesus understands. And that's another area you can ask the master to come in. Master, would you come into the obedience part of my life? God, help me to be more than a Sunday Christian. Help me to be obedient so that the potential can be unleashed to every day of my life. Teach me obedience like how you learn obedience. Teach me to surrender like how you surrender to the Father's will. Teach me how to, how to obey through pain. Do you know Jesus obeyed to the point of death? You know, Jesus, if he wanted to, he could have split that cross in, in half and hawked out and, and beat up all the Roman soldiers, but he obeyed. It was power under control. He allowed himself to be crucified. He obeyed. Will we learn to obey?
Jesus who was crucified, Jesus, Master, would you come in and teach me how to crucify myself? How to pick up my cross? How to die to my old man? Amen? And obedience, just in case you are a little bit, you know, too uncomfortable because too much dog examples. One last scripture reference and then we'll call it a day. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about obedience today before we close. Because I think this is what God wants us to focus on this morning. You see, God used this example. If you think that your pastor's the only funny one preaching weird parables, uh, uh, I'm just falling after uh, God, okay? The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. So this is one of the Old Testament examples of, of God using visual aid to preach to His prophets. Go to the potter's house. Look at what they do and you'll understand what I want to do. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. I know that because nowadays, if, you are, you know, if you're happening, hip and happening like me, you know on Instagram that you know, pottery is very in nowadays. Uh, and so pottery is not just a lump of clay, there's a wheel that's spinning and then you, you mold it and, and it's an ancient art. Uh, but right now it's a hipster art. So I went down and there he was making something at the wheel and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of potter so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I believe that this declaration is not just for Israel, it's for us. Amen? And here we are talking about obedience and God says that whether you want to understand it from a dog's point of view or more biblically understand it from a porter's point of view, this is what I want. I want to form you. And in forming you, that will require some chipping away. Imagine God takes you a lump of clay and throws you on His wheel. <laughs> throws more mud. <laughs> and you're there going like, Oh God, what are you doing? It's sticky. It's, don't worry, it's good for you. I don't like this. It's sticky. It's gooey. It's okay. It's good. It's called church. Church is messy. It's sticky. It's gooey. The next time your home leader texts you, hey, this you last Sunday in church. I hope you're doing okay. He's not being busybody. He's just being sticky and gooey. And then God spins you on the wheel. Oh, I don't like this, God. Oh, my wheel is going round and round and round. It's okay. It's called the wheel. It's meant to go round. And God takes us, throws us mud, puts us into the world, allow the world to shape us. And then His hand enters in and shapes us. And sometimes we don't give in to the Master even though we're full of potential. Do you know every pot, pan, whatever that comes out of the potter's hands started from the same place. And every mud has potential. Think about it for a while. Wow. Mud, every mud has potential to be a work of art. But that mud will remain a mud until it's surrendered to the potter's hands. Bring the Master into the picture. And then Master molds. And then what does Scripture say? And when we, when, when we, no, and sometimes in life, you know, the world is spinning, we're trying to live, and God tries to intervene. His goodness and mercy comes around us, but in our rebelliousness, we slap it away. And then that becomes messed up again. 
And then what does God do? God takes it up and He made it again into another vessel. Do you feel sometimes life is going round and round in a circle for you? No breakthrough? Maybe because you've been slapping God's hand away and He has no choice but to put you back again. Put you back again. And put you back again. And after that, as He molds you, of course, He jumps forward to say that, you know, into, you know, and, and made into another vessel as it seemed good to the porter to make. But do you know that if you actually study pottery, even after they're made, you know, and you allow God's hands to be all over you, to shape you, to mould you, the master to, and you, you begin to allow your life and your preferences to bend in obedience to God. Do you know that it's still not ready? After that, even though you look like you are something, you are still nothing. And God has to take you and then has to put you up to dry. And sometimes we feel like, oh, my life is just so dry. It's so dry. When you go through a drying patch, when you go through wilderness, it's not to run away. It's not to change church. It's because God's doing something within you. He's molded you, but then He needs the, 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 you to be left alone. Do you feel lonely sometimes? I feel so alone. Don't, you're at the right place. I feel so isolated. You're in the right place. I feel so dry. You're in the right place. God's doing something. And then when that clay sets, you're thinking, oh, right, God, bring on the breakthrough. Pour out the blessing. God said that, oh, not yet. But God, I've been obedient. Yes, you have. But obedience begets more obedience. And then what does a porter do to a clay product that's been sitting and setting, takes it and puts it into the oven. And it's in the oven that the clay hardens. And then when the clay hardens, it's taken out to rest. And then harden again. And then rest. And into the fire again. And then rest. And then finally dip in water. Clean. Painted. Ready to be used by God. If God uses a porter to describe His process in working in our lives, let's learn to be obedient and submit to His process. Amen? Let's learn. Let's remember the best dog in the world is obedient dog. The best believer in the world is obedient believer. I love it when I ask my dog to come and she comes, go and she goes. Would you come when God asks you to come? Would you go where God wants you to go? Would you stay where God wants you to stay? Would you roll over when God asks you to roll over? Would you stop when God asks you to stop? Do you know one of the first words I had to teach my dog? Stop. And then that's when I suddenly realized, oh, I understand. Genesis in the Garden of Eden. So many people ask, if God is God, He knows everything, why did He put a tree there and knowing that human beings will eat it? Because it's His garden and the first thing He had to teach humanity is the word no. Oh God, you're a genius. I understand it now through my dog. No, no. And as I'm doing that, I'm telling myself, no, no. No to the flesh. Do you understand, friends? Amen. And I pray, like I said, will we be, and the ultimate product of the porter is not just to create random ornaments, it's to create something that can carry oil, anointing, carry water, 
the Word of God? Will we submit to God's process so that we end up being carriers and vessels of honour for Him? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray right now for all of us here. God, we know, Lord, that uh, we've not always been obedient. God, I pray right now that you help my brothers and sisters here to break out of that cycle of shame. God, it is good to preach about the cross. But God, I also know that you love us so much that you don't want us to stay at the cross. You want us to move from the cross. Move from victory. Move from resurrection to life and life to the full. God, forgive us for too many times we take your grace for granted. Forgive us when we are fixated and we almost take your goodness for granted. Because you're a good God, you have to fulfill all that you promised. But Lord, forgive us because today we learn whether through the example of a dog owner or the example of the porter's hands, Lord, we realize that at the end of the day, we are nothing. We are just a lump of clay. We are just a stray dog if we do not enter into a relationship with the master, with the porter. And even then, it is still nothing until we obey the master and unless we obey the porter and allow the master and the porter to shape us as you see fit. God, we learn today that your word says that you are not just Messiah, you are Lord and Messiah, Lord and Saviour, King of kings, Lord of lords, and also our best friend. But Lord, may we never take you for granted. Lord, help us in our obedience, just like how you learn obedience to the point of death. Jesus, would you teach us? Would you teach us to be obedient in every area that we're struggling with? Oh Lord, for my friends here that we're struggling, whether it's the area of purity, would you help us to be obedient? If it's in the area of finances, would you help us to surrender? Would you help us to trust you? Oh, if it's the area of our work, God, may you help us not just to rely on our own strength, but Lord, Master, would you teach us, teach us, would you come in and elevate our gifting, elevate our potential and teach us to obey, just like how you obey our Father in heaven. And last but not least, God, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, this week. Help us to meditate on the word obedience. Help us to live it out. Help us to change for your glory. Lord, help us, Lord. Like, let your word be a mirror into our heart and soul and convict us of the areas that we need to change for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.